What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm here with my co-host, Dean Sweetman. Dean, how are you? Uh, fantastic. Just a uh, quick, quick trip to Austin this week. Had some barbecue. The promised land. The promised land. Yeah, it's pretty cool down there, man. I, I You know, I've been there a ton, but haven't been there in a minute. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. Yeah. A lot of barbecue. A lot, a lot of barbecue. Of, oh, yeah. we, we had a, a crawl going. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Like sure. brisket. Like, obviously, first thing you do mm-hmm. is brisket. And then, uh, man, the sausage, the different kinds of yeah. sausage. The jalapeno. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I paid for it later, but it was. It was yeah, I know, right? It, it It's like we went down there before um, my first, my son was born with a bunch of guys, me, Jake, James. There was like eight or nine. Yeah, you went there with Jake and stayed at some sketchy Airbnb or something. Yeah, well, our, we had like 12 guys and two days before we were supposed to go, they canceled. The initial Airbnb canceled. Oh, that's right. And was like, but we had this other place. And so like we went, we show up and <laughs> it's just like words. industrial. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, we'll give it to you for half off. Like, we're like, whatever. At this point, we're going to go. And yeah, we're in this like sketchy, like industrial. I mean, the house was cool, but we, you know, we were afraid for our lives every night. Yeah. Um, and it's like the first, we, I think we did three full days. And it's like the first two days we were like, yeah, amazing. And then like the third barbecue day, we were like, we just can't. Do enough. This. Enough yeah. is enough. So, okay. It's good. This, today's going to be a fun one. We're going to just chat a couple quick like market kind of updates. And then I want to get into, uh, wade into the waters of a little bit of a debate that's going on um on the old twitter sphere or x sphere i guess side note did you see that tucker carlson interviewed donald trump on twitter last night as of this morning it had 120 million views so i don't know how is is that like 120 million people watch the whole thing or does that just no i think it's just probably yeah, it's probably just hit play on the on the video, right? right? So who knows what that actually Either way, up to. I don't know what the, the Republican debate was, mm-hmm. but either way, it's unbelievable. It's like it's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It was it was wild. Talk about a total just like disruption of everything. So okay, today's Thursday, October twenty fourth. Uh so if you're listening to this episode, you're probably listening to it. Uh, we probably are a week ahead of you. So um, yesterday uh, was a hot day for the AI space in general, from the biggest mm-hmm. AI companies in the world to ones mm-hmm. that don't even exist yet. It's funny because you sort of see these questions going like, when's this AI bubble going to pop? Right. Uh, this is just no different than NFTs or crypto or, or whatever. And I, I get some of that thinking, but at the same time, I think... <laughs> The market is telling us probably the opposite. So yesterday, NVIDIA reports earnings uh, was up 9% after hours. But uh, they uh, they did $13.5 billion in revenue last quarter, which was 101% above where they were this time last year. Um, Can you imagine having a business that big double? I know. It's insane. I mean, imagine. Like I'm, trying to, I'm trying to grow 20%. Uh-huh. And working my butt off <laughs> to do it, and it's like 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> my brother yesterday was like, imagine those like, just like engineers that have been there forever getting like super inexpensive RSUs who are just yep. like, who've been for there sure. three or four or five years. And they're just looking at this going, this was the best job decision I ever, ever made, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So it's killing it. There was uh, five seed deals announced yesterday. Uh, the biggest one was led by a 16 Z company called ideogram AI for 16 and a half million dollars. Um, developing state-of-the-art AI tools that will make creative expression more accessible, fun, and efficient. Another company called Combi, which was $4.5 million seed round. Um, basically something that's going to, they say, help make front-end development fun again. Um, company called Wand, which is, again, more AI creative tools, $4.2 million seed. And then this last one is really interesting because their story is actually really similar to what we've been doing in some ways. They have a company called every, which was sort of like a morning brew type, you know, company. Uh, they spun out, have now spun out a company called Lex. So they were a media company. They've spun out this new company that is uh, uh, basically an AI writing tool. Um, and it's more of like a word processor. Uh, so yeah. that's pretty, pretty cool. They raised $2.75 million in a seed round. So, you know, the rest of the economy may be looking bleak, but if you're building something in the AI world, um, yeah. you're doing something something right. It feels like anyway. I guess time will tell well, what the what the bubble the, looks like. The TLDR on AI is it's massive. I've had two meetings. It's uh, ten thirty nine here in Park City, and I've had two meetings today already about AI and putting AI in our products. Mm -hmm. Um, we've given the directive to product and engineering that AI, I, I want plans and, and I want AI in every corner of our software. Mm -hmm. um, and by year's end, we will have AI functioning and working, making our products better and it will never end. Right. So AI <laughs> is the real thing. It's absolutely it's like the stuff that we're dreaming about with data you know, that we've, for years, we have so much data, right? We have, mm -hmm. we have years of history of giving data. And we are, I think this is what I think is going to happen. We're going to put that data in our, in a machine learning tool. And we are going to be able to predict when someone is going to leave your church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because. That's probably, because that probably is one of the first things, the first signals, it, right? It's all connected to giving. So when someone, when giving patterns change, we want to alert the church leadership. Mm -hmm. And That's this sick. is, we could not have done this. And I've been dreaming about this nearly my whole life. Well, okay. So funny, you've been talking about it and dreaming about it. We were working, our church was working with your team three years ago to try mm -hmm. and figure out some sort of KPI that was uh, separate from attendance, right? Yep. And trying to measure health, which, and you know, you're pulling in all kids check in, right. you're pulling right. in all these kind of things. Right. And we kind of had this like insane Excel, Excel spreadsheet yep. that would take each one of our location pastors a full, legitimately a full week, a month to do. Yep. And it actually was really helpful. But now right. to think about that, you guys are going to be able to just have that done. It's going to be real time. Platform is insane. AI data. Measuring, you know, not just 
donations, but, you know, things like kid check-in, volunteers, small group attendance, all that stuff, and just basically spitting out a score. But the, the magic is, is, and I lay your church's data over 40,000 church's data. And then what I do is we take all of this behavior and it feeds us a model because we know that when, when someone has been consistent in their giving and something changes, like I've already got early looks, right? I can look at all the givers who are going up, all the givers who are dropping off. But what I, and that's easy and that's good data to have. But what I want to be able to do is when that donor behavior changes, mm-hmm. that's a predictor for them leaving mm-hmm. or they lost their job or they're having trouble with their marriage or like pick mm-hmm. any number of life things that happen that yeah. as a minister, as a mm-hmm. shepherd, mm-hmm. you want to be then to be able to be preemptive, yeah. right? That think, think of it like it's preemptive data for the shepherds you know, in the kingdom to mm-hmm. care for the people. That is what mm-hmm. ministry is. So mm-hmm. I can give you something that tells you, hey, Michael and Jill, you know, are getting a bit wobbly over here because something changed in their behavior mm-hmm. and that, that gets spat out. It's mm-hmm. not about who's giving the most or who's not giving. It's about it's doing about ministry. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we're working on. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's so much AI doom out there right now. And I actually so much isn't the right word. There is a lot in certain verticals of the church, yeah. certain denominate, you know, but I think they're looking, I think when looking at it from that perspective, it makes so much sense. And I think, totally. I think it's going to take some time to get everyone's head wrapped around it. But I think the majority of the church is going to adopt this stuff so fast. Um, well, think because about if it helps them pastor their people better, right? why would yeah. you not want to do it? There are only two things ministers exist for winning people to Christ and growing people in their faith, discipling them. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And so things like growth track have become very popular, you know, out of islands and everyone's adopted and everyone has some method of, Hey, these are the stages you're going through and we're going to disciple you. There's mm-hmm. classes involved. You get water baptized. We teach you this, you go. Mm-hmm. So imagine having that all automated from all the data we have, behavioral data, giving data, and being able to basically serve up, it's like the rings on the watch for exercise. Mm-hmm. That, is, that has been in our minds for four years. Mm-hmm. And we're finally close enough to be able to not just manually pull some things together to show you how someone's doing, but have, hey, I do the whole thing mm-hmm. automatically That's from brilliant. the data that we have. And That's brilliant. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's a game changer. Okay, so we talk about the All In podcast a lot uh, on this podcast um you're gonna be at the summit playing Mm -hmm. some poker i hope um so chamath okay so this i don't want to get too much context but this this sort of started a couple of weeks ago bill Gurley came on the podcast and they sort of all seem to make light of or joke about you know, all of their funds who have ridden had ridden this tech wave sort of selling a lot of their shares in the open market at the height of the bubble distributing those or distributing those shares to their LPs and letting their LPs decide what they wanted to do, which, you know, again, capitalism (laughs) return, it is what it is. So then, you know, these guys can never say anything without Twitter exploding on them. So Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of days ago, Chamath got into it with a fellow person on Twitter 
And I want to read the exchange to you and I want to get your take on it. And then I want to like lead that into a discussion around just sort of the difference in how Christians should handle business and capitalism versus the pure pragmatism of, of someone that's not a Christian. So without getting into all of the financial background of all of this, Chamath's big thing was the SPAC, right? He, he was called, I think he was on the cover of Wall Street Journal called the SPAC King, and he was going to do a SPAC for every letter of the alphabet. And he made this, during COVID, he was the loudest voice for this. And basically what happened is he went on CNBC and he went on the internet and he in some people's mind, pumped up a lot of these companies. Right. Uh, if you don't know what a SPAC is, I'm not even going to try to explain it to you. Look it up online. I probably wouldn't even do it justice. It's a different form of taking a company public. Long story short, he does this for like 10 to 12 companies. And I think as of right now, publicly, he still only owns shares in one of those companies. Okay. So the accusation is these guys pump these pump these. SPACs up, sell them at the top, and then leave a bunch of retail investors as bag holders. So that's kind of like to set the standard. So he puts out this tweet a couple of days ago, and someone responds uh, and says, you said buying space, which was um, not Virgin. SpaceX. Uh, what was the other one? What was the other one? Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic, yep. Uh, he said, this person said, you said buying Virgin Galactic uh, is like owning a tech business. Their profit is going to be 80%. I bought it, you sold it. Now I'm a bag holder and I lost everything. Chamath responds, why did you not sell when I sold? What was your underwriting at that time? Person responds and says, how do you live with yourself given the massive losses you inflicted on SPAC holders? Chamath responds, I didn't inflict any losses. Stop being a victim. The world will pass you by. <laughs> the guy responds, you are a pump and dumper, nothing more. Chamath responds, I'm in the arena trying stuff. Some will work, some won't, but always learning. You're anonymous and afraid of your own shadow. Enjoy the <laughs> sidelines. So it, it brings up this interesting point of capitalism and understanding the world in which we live in. And, and in many instances, I agree with him where he's going like, look, I, I did what I did. You have the choice to do what you do. Don't play the victim. Now, I don't right. necessarily think it's worth talking about like pumping up stocks and all that kind of stuff. That being right. said, I just would love to talk and get your mind on like, what do you yeah. think about when you think about that? What's our responsibility to do our own diligence, not just in investing, but anything in general in the world where every business person is an internet, internet talking head now. Right, right. Um, including us. Including <laughs> us and has an agenda and has, you know, all of it. Um, what do you do? And do you kind of agree with him where he's like, look, I said what I said. You have you, you know, you deal with your own money on your own too bad. Right. So first of all, you never put all of your money in one <laughs> stock. That's a speculative investment. Yeah. That's the first rule. Investing in companies is not like gambling. Mm -hmm. If you do it right, mm -hmm. if you just if you, you know, writing meme stocks and, and, and buying and selling Dogecoin, like with all your money, mm -hmm. you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing a game. You're literally you're playing, playing a game. game. That's not yeah. what, what we do in business is we try to create wealth by making companies more profitable and, you know, public or private people that are invested in those businesses and hopefully they grow and they have returns and one day they're sold or one day they go public or whatever. That's what capitalism does creates jobs, 
great living for, for people, largely bettering society. Technology, definitely, you know, bettering society. So if you're into that, right, that's, that's how you should think. Mm-hmm. If you're into like, I'm going to go put all my money in Virgin Galactic's back, like space <laughs> tourism, like, really? Right. Like you've worked your butt off for t- 10 years and you have like a hundred grand and you're going to bet on space tourism. Um, it, that's your fault. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Now I would not, I, I agree with Chamath, but I wouldn't deliver it like that. Right. As right. a Christian, I'm going to be a little bit more gracious, mm-hmm. but just, you know, if you're an investor, like, honestly, it's, it, you just, you start off buying like, you know, indexed, you know, S and P and and like get your 6% and Mm -hmm. that's how you start. Mm -hmm. Unless you want to be a professional, like, and be Warren Buffett and make two bets a year. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but that, that there's massive amount of research that's gone into, and I guarantee you Warren Buffett did not go and put a chunk of his money into Virgin Galactics. No, he was buying railroad companies and exactly uh, <laughs> right or, or buying more diamond. Co- yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, hey, like Seamus Plug, there's a great app called Copilot, mm-hmm. Autopilot, that, Autopilot, Autopilot. That you can connect mm-hmm. your Robinhood account to, like Michael Burry, Citadel, all these great investors. Right. Mm-hmm. So just go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically that's basically anything that I do for fun. That's just what I do now. I don't even yeah. try and do yeah. anything else. Yeah, You're like you picking winners and losers on the stock market takes massive amounts of time, research, mm-hmm. any and if, and if you if that's your business, go and do it. If it's not your business, go and buy S and P, you know, index funds and put your four hundred one k. You know, every every paycheck, put your money mm-hmm. in the four hundred one k, and that's how you're gonna if you do it right. Mm-hmm hopefully be a millionaire before before you're 60 right um everyone can do that right so yeah but yeah. you know Ch- chamath's like he's a baller man mm-hmm. and you know I, I, it is half what it the is. stuff half the stuff all those guys say like i'm going to go to the summit and I, i'm there i want to hear what elon i want to hear like i want to listen to the sessions i want i'm going to network a bit um but half the stuff i say i don't i don't agree with Right. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can't learn from, you know, right. smart people that he's a smart guy came here mm-hmm. with nothing. Mm-hmm. Respect that started mm-hmm. with zero mm-hmm. respect that, mm-hmm. um, got was early in Facebook and, you know, mm-hmm. like, and now he's yeah. got a social capital fund that's doing a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. and guys, yeah, smart I mean, as his, a whip, man. Yeah. I mean, his you team know? at Facebook, and I don't agree team. with everything. Right. I mean, his team at Facebook, they created the news feed. They invented the like button. I mean, they, you know, mm-hmm. those are, those are pretty revolutionary things yeah. to that have changed yeah. the so so this kind of started a bigger debate right because there's sort of this like ruthless ruthless pragmatism of this and so this clip surfaces of Chamath from a while ago uh, and I want us to just watch it quickly let me make sure that I can uh, oh yeah here we go okay I'm gonna. Can you can you see? I want to just get the first minute of this, and I want to get your take, and then and then cool. we'll go from there. Get the fucking money. I'm serious. Do not get it. It is going to be made. It is going to be allocated, and you have a moral imperative to make sure that if you have a point of view that matters and you want to reflect it, you get it. I'm going to go get it. 
Other people are going to go get it. And then it will be about a competition of views. And don't wrap yourself in all this, like, you know, liberal kind of shit about, like, oh, my God, uh, money, blah. No, stop. Here's how the fucking world works, okay? It drives the world for better or for worse. So I think you get the idea here. He basically goes on this rant about getting the money, doing whatever it takes. He goes on right. later and he says, play right. the game. I'm going to play the game and I'm right. going to win the game. Very like he just puts it out there. He says the quiet part yeah. out loud. Yeah. And that shows this like, again, Chamath isn't a Christian, so we're not judging him or holding him to right. some sort of like yep. belief that he should hold to. But it does because I, I can find myself as a Christian thinking that same way, because part of what he says is my worldview I believe is the worldview that will most cause people in the world to flourish. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to get myself in the position to be able to advance that worldview. Right. Right. Um, he says, I'm going to play the game. So like as Christians, as entrepreneurs, as business people who are faith driven, where's the line mm -hmm. between do, when do the ends not justify the means? Like, right. how do you, how do you think about that? Cause I listen to what he's saying and I'm like, man, I, like when I put that through the lens of my faith, mm -hmm. it, in some ways it kind of makes sense, but I also have enough of a check of in my spirit to know that that's probably not the way God right. wants us to think about our money. But where is that balance? And as Christians, how are we supposed to think about that in right. this world of just ruthless pragmatism? So, you know, I, I think there is a divergence of thinking as a believer who is an entrepreneur who's in business, by definition, you're there to make a profit. How we make a profit matters to us. So integrity, honesty, and I'm not saying Chamath isn't that. I think he's an ethical person. Faith has nothing to do with that. So, you know, following the rules and making sure that we build wealth honestly and, and having the conviction in that journey to know that we're not ripping people off. We're not selling them stuff they don't need. We're not like, there's all of that. Right. And, and then what, what I think is the differentiator for, for believers is that now what are you going to do with the money? So your first thing is you want to get secure. You want your family to be secure, extended family to be secure. Let's say you've been you know, hugely successful. You want to secure your family and, and make sure that, you know, if you're ever in a position where you've made a lot of money to, you know, make sure that's somehow generational and is going to help after that. And I'm kind of taking out the context of like giving, you know, right. the you're, we're, we're assuming we're assuming you're tithing. We're assuming you're being right. generous. Yeah. Yeah. You're that's supporting right. kingdom activity. Um, and then, you know, there is a point where it's like, now what am I, what good am I going to do with this money? And, and how can I help people and how, how can I make this money and still have the engine that spits out more money? Mm -hmm. And then how do I utilize this money to, mm -hmm. to make the world better? Maybe it's to build other, maybe it's to put in another company. And like Elon believes that mm -hmm. electric vehicles are going to help the planet. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I believe that. I don't, right. I don't know what it costs to, to get an EV Mm -hmm. you know like and i don't know how much energy it right. <laughs> takes to run the ev and i don't know about the cobalt in africa and the and the slave kids that right. have to get right. cobalt. I don't all know the stuff yeah right but he believes that he's helping the planet so he's 
his conviction is, you know, like um, SpaceX with the satellites and the Starlink, mm-hmm. right? So he, you know, in the Ukraine war, like he's like his free communications, evidently from what I read, if they didn't have it, Russia would have crushed the whole country mm. by now. Right. Because the first thing you do in a war is you cut the lines of communication. communication well, now they all have satellite right. phones and away we go. And Elon gave that to them. Eventually he said, look, guys, I can't be giving this to you forever. Like, they, <laughs> and I think the U.S. government is paying I was gonna Elon. Say, I was going to say, especially when we're sending them billions and billions of dollars. Right. <laughs> but putting all that aside for a minute, <laughs> um, you know, there is something that someone built that in their mind they used it for good. Okay. Whether you believe in the war or the politics, none of that matters. It's like his guy's giving away his technology to help some people so they don't die. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of examples of philanthropic, you know, activity that you can do with money. Mm-hmm. So money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And when you, you know, when you love money because it, it, it captures your heart so deeply. Mm. And you you can't let go of it. It's so tightly held in your hand that you can't do good with it. Mm-hmm. So that's the Would difference you, as a believer. So that was going to be my question. So you've got the, will I do good with it? In other words, am I willing to part with it? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have this idea of like, what am I willing to, like what corners am I willing to cut? to get it right like is is that maybe yeah. a way that someone could go man maybe this is like maybe we'll just talk pastor let's throw out the business side and we'll just go straight up pastor dean here mm-hmm. so like if someone's going how do i tell if money is an idol in my life or how do i tell right. if this idea of like building right. and and maybe well, they've God has to an unhealthy place right so is, is a tell is one of those first signs maybe like are you are you willing to do things that would go against your morality or go against your convictions in order to get the money I think as before that, would say before that is are you willing to give give it away the the tithe is just a system that god put in place to test your heart about money mm-hmm. he doesn't need the money <laughs> he just wanted to test us and and to make sure that money wasn't above him so he says oh i'm going to do this thing I'm going to make, I'm going to make up a rule here. It's like 10% and it could have been 5%, could have been 20, you know, but he's like, here's a system to make sure money doesn't become your God. Give first, give the first fruits to me. Mm-hmm. And in our context today, that's giving to a local church ministry that is advancing the kingdom. That's the system. So if you struggle with that, you already failed the first bit. Then comes the ethics and, and how you do business down the line. And, and because as a believer, we're stewards, we don't own anything. Mm-hmm. Everything we have, we have because he's mm-hmm. given it, he's put it in our yeah. hands to steward it and to do something good with it. And if I can't give some of it away, I failed the first bit. Mm-hmm. And like, then it's just downhill from there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's really simple. Yeah. If you're greedy and you want to keep it all, you failed the first test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it says really clearly, this is a test. And, yep. and so it's just fundamentally different. And generosity is the anecdote to greed. Like it's what stops you from being greedy. And that and greediness makes you do things unethical because now you're driven by greed. 
And, you know, Gordon Gecko was wrong. Greed is mm -hmm. not good. Right. Greed is destructive and it makes you do things that are out of character. It makes mm -hmm. you treat people in such a way that is not aligned with your Christian beliefs. So stewardship is the antidote. It's like, give me the money so and prove to me that I'm first. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, then go make as much as you want. Because now, you know, this isn't really scriptural, but now what you have left is blessed and, and uh, righteous. Mm -hmm. It's been cleansed, mm -hmm. right? Because you've apportioned the first part to God and you've like, mm -hmm. here it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just the system God put in place. Mm -hmm. So once you work the system, I think God does bless you. I think like he does bless the work of your hands. I think opportunities do come your way. I think there's the opportunity for you to get wealth. And like I said, take care of your family and then take care of other people with that wealth. That's what we're here to do. I'm going to like, we, I got to, I got a set period of time. I'm not going to be here forever. So I'm passing through and God's going to give me what I get and I'm going to honor him and I'm going to do as much good with it. I can. And that's it. So I love it. You know, that's just, that's just the, until you get that revelation, you you can't even get in the, like in the arena. So. Yeah. You can't even get in the arena because yeah, as, as a believer and as a Christian, because that's, that's the, that's the, that's the cost of entry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The rules of, if, if to, to use their, to use his analogy are the rules of our game are very different, very different rules of, of yeah. someone else's game yeah. and that it just is I mean, what just it is. Secular wealth building is like, I have a friend, very wealthy and he's a bit fed up in life. And so he's going to go start a school mm. and he happens to be a Catholic, very devout. And he was angry that the Catholic schools in his area were going like super woke. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, and I'm going to, he asked me to be on the advisory board, but he's like, I'm going to start a school that is like catechism first. Like we are going to teach religion. We are going to teach our faith. This is the school it is. If you don't want that, don't come. He's, it's going to be full the first day. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> um, and particularly where it is. And so like yep. he's made a lot of money, right? He's worked for a billionaire. He's made this billionaire a lot of money. He's made a lot of money. He's like, what am I doing all this for? Mm -hmm. And so now he's going to go start a school that's super conservative Catholic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that tells you, like, that's, God's going to bless that. And he's going to have mm -hmm. more to him. And as much will more be given. Mm -hmm. Like, it just keeps coming in when you work God's system correctly. Mm -hmm. And God's way of getting is giving. And so that's, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. And so once you get in that Brilliant. cycle, the, the blessing flows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah. That's such a good, um, I, I like this. I like this direction we're going. Maybe, maybe we ought to like, you know, devotion time for entrepreneurs or something we should add. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. I, I think it's good. I do think it's good because I think it's so easy to get to just even mentally get caught up in all the, a bunch of stuff Yeah, that, you know, it's sort of like a grounding for any of us to just remember these principles, you know, and oh, to hear gosh. stories like that about these people who are yeah. doing things um, that are really missional in nature. 
you know, it's right. really cool. Good. It's like, I think of, you know, I just, I have opportunities to be generous, but you know, I, 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 I take everyone I can. Right. And it's just the best. It sets you free from, you know, all the, the ills of how the world wants you to think about money. You know, money is just so destructive when it's in the wrong hands. And, and so when, when, when money passes through your hands as a believer, it's like, man, what I can do some great, I can provide for my family. I can make sure, you know, and then like, Hey, you know, is it 2000 square foot or a 10,000 square foot? I don't think God cares. You have a boat. Yeah. You don't have a boat. I don't think God cares. He, all he cares about is what's going through and being done good with. And, um, you know, my giving patterns have changed over the years. I have regular, you know, recurring giving, but I have a, a donor advice fund that I can, you know, sort of get into tax benefits and I just write big checks and, you know, or big wires and, and it's just the best, man. It's just the best. And so start small and God blesses the work. And that's why you're in business, Mr. and Mrs. Entrepreneur. If you're a believer, you're in business to create wealth, to take care of your family, and then to be a blessing to other people. That's what you're doing. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. Good stuff. Amazing. Great episode. A uh, little cultural apologetics here today. Yeah, uh, I like it. I like it. Hey, if, uh, if you're listening, subscribe on every platform, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, kingsandpriest.io. You can get on our email list. Um, and, uh, we are excited to keep talking in this direction and we'll see you right back here next week. You bet. Talk to you soon.